When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriots First and Goal. I am Alex Shane, here to break down what I believe was a football game between the Patriots and the Giants. Uh, I used the word I used the word football very, very loosely in this context because that might have been the worst contest I've ever seen for a Patriots fan. And this is somebody who's watching this to the 80s. It was just an awful, awful game. Going to break it down. We're going to talk about Week 13. We're going to talk playoffs. Playoffs with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich, how was your Thanksgiving? Hopefully it was uh, a lot better than what we saw over the Patriots against the Giants. Well, I don't know what you mean, Alex. This was a big win for the Patriots. Uh, they went out there. Uh, they didn't give any hope or semblance that they had a chance of beating this, the absolutely hapless New York Giants. Uh, they you know, decided that maybe they wanted to make a run for it. And then in just true Patriots fashion for the past year, they just collapsed. Just complete and total just collapse. And uh, now they have the worst record in the AFC by two games. They're the only two-win team. Every other team in the AFC has at least four wins. They have very much uh, an inside lane on a top three pick. And uh, now they you know, have the tiebreaker with the Giants. I don't know what more you're looking for, Alec. I consider that game a win. No, again, I think the loss was a win. Again, I am not rooting for the tank. I am going down with the ship, but I was 100%. <laughs> rooting for a loss there. That loss was very beneficial from a draft standpoint. And if Chad Rowland had made that kick and they'd gone to overtime, that would have been a very painful, painful experience. (laughs) So uh, I was never so happy to see a rookie miss a chip shot field goal to close it out. Although I will say, Rich Hill, we'll start with this. First and goal, what the hell was that? Um, (laughs) Of all the ways to lose a football game, I'm happy they lost in terms of draft perspective and whatnot, but can it be like a fumble or an interception to no. have a defensive stop, a punt no. at the 50? You need 10 plays to go 30 yards and you shank a field goal. That's just such a bad look. I'd rather have them lost in the true Patriots fashion, which is like a pick six to close it out or like a juju fall down route or like throwing to nobody <laughs> or like Hunter Henry and Mike Isecki collide in the middle of the, the, the field. <laughs> Something a little more Patriots perspective. That made more sense. But just to to lose on that kind of ridiculousness, uh, 
glad they lost, but I, I think they were there were less ignominious ways to drop a game, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's uh, kind of just what we have to be used to. You know, that this is a team that is uh, not serious this year, and uh, honestly, I don't think that they've shown any indication outside of that Bills game that they plan on being serious. And uh, there's just so many, so many points from this game that just highlight how futile this team has been. And for them to go down the field and miss a chip shot, why not? Why, <laughs> why the heck not? Uh, it, it would be the equivalent of putting starters in, in the final quarter of your preseason game. If you go to overtime here, there's no need to do it. Um, the Patriots offense, maybe we can like even just start here on this one. Uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, they combined for like, 143 passing yards against a very bad Giants team. Very, very bad. And at no point other than potentially Bailey Zappi's touchdown drive, did this offense look like it could do anything. Uh, Three interceptions, three fumbles. Fortunately, they didn't lose any of the fumbles, but three fumbles, two from Demario Douglas, which is always sad to see. Um, This offense outside of potentially Ramondre Stevenson, who thankfully has found his groove as a runner he's you know whatever pre early season uh jitters he had are gone you know he's healthy and he's able to produce uh, and i'll throw ezekiel elliott in there too he's been a great counter and uh, number two to romandre uh, although they combined for seven catches for 15 yards that's laughable <laughs> um this team is uh wasting a very good defensive season and uh it's like going out there and rooting for the University of Iowa. And I just don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, losing 10 to 6 and 10 to 7 in back-to-back weeks to to not good teams uh, is just yeah. a, a real real kick in the face. You know, I feel like maybe for Pat's pulp, but I should make like a, a Patriots loss bingo card because I feel <laughs> like they really, really checked all the boxes. They had the missed field goal to close the game out. They took a safety to end the game, uh, an interception to end the game. Uh, I believe there was like a, a four and out to end the game, a a, a, a reception that should have been caught by uh, Keyshawn Boutte first game to to continue a drive. I, I, they're they're running out of creative ways to lose the game. Um, I guess I guess like a kickoff or a, a walk off touchdown for a punt return will happen, but that requires like a close game. Um, so that's probably not going to happen. I guess that is something I will take your point and I will run with it. They they are finding new ways to disappoint us, which I guess totally. is something. That is something. Um, overall, though, Rich, again, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. It was just atrocious. The defense played fine, but even it's even tough to to gauge how well the defense played because Tommy DeVito is not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. No, he's a great all. story. He's fun to watch. Uh, I'm rooting for him as like a Jersey kid, classic kind of Guido looking guy. He really leans <laughs> into that person persona. But you know, against a a pretty terrible. Giants offense the Patriots held them to to 10 points so that's good like you said completely wasted effort and I feel like they must feel like the 2011 Patriots offense did where they were like it does not matter how many points we score we're going to be in a shootout at the end it's going to be like 50 to 47 every single week and we can't score enough points and that's going to be very frustrating for them totally I mean I forget which Patriots player said this but you know coming out of the game they're like we let up 10 points in two straight games and we can't win. Like we got to pitch a shutout. 
that's the only yeah. way that this team can be competitive because a three point lead for the other team is insurmountable. <laughs> There's no trust or faith that this offense could lead even a field goal drive at any point, never mind it under pressure. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just wasting another really good, strong defensive season for the Patriots. Uh, it's, you know, what we were saying last year, where like if we just had a league average offense, last year's Patriots team would have been a wild card contender. If we had a top 10 offense, they would have been, you know, an AFC contender. Same thing holds true here. You know, if the defense, knowing that they've lost Judon, knowing that they've lost Christian Gonzalez, their two best defensive players are still producing well, albeit against DeVito. They're doing what they need to in order to win. And the Patriots, for the first time since 1993, have lost two straight games in which their defense has held their opposing team to 10 or fewer points. The last team in the entire league, the last team in the NFL to do that were the 1993 Patriots. And so it's been a long time. This is how futile this Patriots offense is. It's historic levels of futility. 30 years worth of games have gone on and we haven't seen offenses this bad complimented with a really good defense. We have not reached show, which is a good transition into second and goal. Uh, the Patriots technically are not mathematically eliminated from postseason contention yet. That <laughs> could they have a I think a one percent chance to make it. They need an insane amount of help. They need to win out. They could possibly sneak in. However, they can be mathematically eliminated this week, week thirteen, with a loss against the Chargers, coupled with wins by Steelers and the Colts against the Cardinals and Titans, respectively, and either a Browns win over the Rams or wins by the Bengals and Broncos over the Jaguars and Texans. All those things can happen. However, I think it is in our best interest as Patriots fans for them to be alive for one more week because we want the Cardinals to beat the Steelers for that draft pick. Uh, Don't see that happening because the Steelers are somehow in the playoff race this is a really bad football season. There's a lot of crappy teams <laughs> vying for a lot of playoff spots, Rich Hill. But there could be a chance that the season is mercifully, mathematically over come Tuesday morning. Uh, do you see those scenarios playing out? I think the Patriots are still going to be alive come come Tuesday. I think they'll still be alive. Like a lot of things have to go against them. I have full belief that they'll lose to the Chargers. Um, yeah. But I feel like there's just enough other dominoes that I don't feel great about that prognostication. But specifically, I agree with your. Uh, point like I want the Cardinals to beat the Steelers and I think they could like this Steelers team has been living on borrowed time Uh, they somehow are seven and four uh, but they have a negative point differential negative 23 teams have scored 23 more points against them than they've scored Uh, they are basically what the Patriots wish that they could do is that you know they have a top five defense and a bottom five offense and they're just somehow pulling it off uh, you know, they're eking out victories. They have a four point victory over the Browns, a five point victory over the Raver- Ravens. Uh, they, they more recently had a four point win over the Titans, a four point win over the Packers and a six point win over the Bengals. They've had a fortunate stretch where they've played backup quarterbacks. Um, Cardinals just getting uh, Kyler Murray back and they look bad. They look very, very bad. But this is a team that is, you know, kind of struggling just like the Patriots to score more than like two scores. And so there's enough variance in a given game that I could see the Cardinals pulling it off and they're kind of due. you know, they've had some bad luck going their way this year and the Steelers have had a lot of good luck going their way. So I wouldn't be surprised if we left this week with, you know, the Patriots and the Cardinals a little bit more closely aligned for the top pick. 
It's certainly possible to get way, way ahead of ourselves, Rich Hill. Yeah. Talking about draft. Do you think the Cardinals, if they hang on to that number two pick, are going to pick a quarterback or think they're going to stick with Murray for a little while longer? I think that they would be in the position where they would trade it for a fortune. I, I think that there will be enough teams this year that will say, we want either Caleb or Drake. Those are our two options. And so we need to have a top two pick in order to get them. This is going to be similar in my head to that Goff Wentz year where you had a lot of teams trading up for those top couple of picks. I'd be curious to see if the Bears, uh, like obviously I wouldn't be super surprised if they move on from Justin Fields. Um, But I would just be curious to know how those teams do because like a lot of the teams jockeying for those top picks already have like a, you know, relatively young quarterback uh, on their roster. And so will they move on? What does that mean for the rest of the market? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And again, getting way in my head of myself here, Rich. But it's interesting. You talked about how the Steelers are these negative point differentials and the Cardinals can, can upset them. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Um, who, who's your number two team in the AFC right now? Is it the Ravens? Is it the Dolphins? Is it the Bills, despite the losses they've taken recently? Who would you place yeah. at, at number two in the AFC right now? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. I, I think it's a hodgepodge. Uh there's a lot of very glaring weaknesses across them. Um, I don't think, I think the Jaguars are a little bit of a paper tiger of sorts. I think they benefit from playing in a, you know, continuously bad AFC South. Um, but I think that they have some interesting pieces. I think they're very much a tier below the dolphins. I think that they're a tier below the bills. Um, I just think that like the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens have enough holes. I think the Ravens holes are mostly injuries, um, but they keep finding ways to win across the three of them. Um, but the Browns have a, and the Steelers have just really bad offenses. Like the Browns offense rivals the Patriots. And so it is the Steelers. And so they're just better able at pulling it out at the end, but that's not how you contend. So it's the chiefs. I feel like at the end of the day, it will be either the bills or the dolphins going against them. And I could throw the Ravens in there. Um, I just feel like the, they're bound to have the wheels fall off at some point. Um, but uh, I would I would say that I'd put the Dolphins at that number two spot. All right, flip side of a chill. Page is the worst team in the AFC. Easily, ob- obviously, are they the worst team in the NFL in twenty twenty three? They are the most uninteresting team in the NFL, if if we could say that. Like I, I'd say that from a talent perspective, they're out there with the the Panthers and potentially the Cardinals for having the least amount of talent in the entire league from an upside perspective, at least the Panthers have a young new first overall pick quarterback that, you know, if with the right coaching could turn it around, maybe we'll see. Uh, The giants also have a bleak future based off of what they've built around their team. But I would say we are at this point now that the giants beat the Patriots that I don't know if there's any other team in the league that would say I would trade places with the Patriots right now. So like, that's kind of my answer. I don't think any team in the entire league would say, let me swap spots with the Patriots. Yeah, I guess on the plus side, they have the cap space coming the next year, but they just have so many holes all across the roster. It's just I don't know how much that cap space is really going to benefit and how well they're going to be able to spend it going forward, which totally. leads me to the last, the last part of second and goal, Rich Hill. I no longer care in the slightest which quarterback gets the first team reps which quarterback starts? I don't. Doesn't matter to me. I don't think Mac Jones or Zappy are going to matter. Who they they both stink. 
maybe get Malik out there because he's fun to watch and he's like a running threat. So it's like objectively interesting to see. But do you give a crap who the quarterback is for the next six games? Do you Are you like leaning one way or another? Do you want to see Zappy get a start and like game plan for him, give him a chance, showcase his wares, maybe like a late round trade? Or are you just like, Malik. do you like me? Have you given up? Malik, Malik Cunningham. You're on, You're on team Malik. Malik. That's, I mean, we know what we have with Mac. If they choose to go with him, then just stop pulling him from games. Like, just stop doing that that show and just just let him play. It's like you're not going to get any better performance from Zappy. Like, Zappy's touchdown drive, sure, they scored. What was the stat that he averaged negative uh, 0.5 yards, negative one yard uh, of depth of every single pass? He was just throwing screens like... Literally anyone could go out there. Any NFL quarterback could go do that, no matter what string they are. Like he is not bringing any sort of element to this Patriots team that is better than Mac Jones. That gives them a better opportunity to win. Like neither of them have uh, it for this Patriots team. Like they might have it for a different team. This Patriots team has no future. Like they have receivers that, based off of the playbook and their own ability are worse than the league at creating separation. They are behind an offensive line that is like becoming a little bit more sturdy. Like that's been an upside. That's been great. And it's been yielding for the rushing attack, but the damage has already been done where Max Jones has no faith. And the second that he feels like there might be a semblance of pressure, he crumbles and it's already broken our quarterback. And so uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I I feel like if you're just going to go with Mac Jones, just do it. But otherwise, if you're going to go with a different direction, put in Malik. He brings an element that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi don't have with his mobility. And maybe you'll be able to pull out some wins that you otherwise wouldn't have. Or just like be more entertaining. Like the Patriots are committing the biggest sin of being both bad and uninteresting. Yeah, and again, I, I think I talked about it in our last podcast. Like that that minute and a half when Zappi came in down four, that was like at least a fun yeah. 45 seconds of football until he threw into the triple coverage on the fake spike. Like I was like, I was like up for it. I was like, all right, Zappy. Uh, I don't know. I was never start Zappy. I'm not going to be start Zappy now. I, I don't see what the point is of starting Zappy over Mac Jones. I don't think it matters for starting Mac Jones over Zappy. I don't think Malik Cunningham has seen more than a small handful of reps at quarterback in practice. Mm-hmm. He's not mostly as a receiver. So if they do start Malik Cunningham, they have officially punted on the year. I don't totally. see it happening, but it will be it will be interesting. But again, I, I just personally don't understand why there's any kind of discussion or debate about who's going to start for the Patriots. Because having a discussion and debate implies there's a right or wrong position to take. <laughs> and I just don't think it matters. But and it's all wrong. It's all it's wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah. But the good news is, Rich Hill, there's only six games left. Six games left in this season can be mercifully taken out behind the shed and put to sleep. Uh, let's get the third and goal. <laughs> Patriots Chargers coming up after this. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. 
$10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich Hill, it is week 13. It is usually the time of year where Patriots fans everywhere are talking about division crowns, seeding, playoff buys, who's hosting who in the AFC championship game. Like I said, in second and goal, the Patriots can be eliminated from postseason this week. Probably won't happen, but they can be out of it. Before we get into the Patriots-Chargers game, which will most likely be a loss, let's go around the league as we always do. Are there any interesting games you're particularly excited about this week? beyond Patriots Chargers, which I can't imagine that excited about, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, um, there are some really good games. I think 49ers Eagles will be the best game of potentially the season. Like uh, those are the two heavy hitters in the NFC. I think that they'll be great um, that, you know, somehow Jalen Hurts keeps pulling out wins. I don't know if you caught any of that game against the Bills, but like that was a team of destiny type of win that they had against Buffalo Uh, a real like, Oh, this is a contender. They're going to find ways to win in super gritty ways. And then you have the 49ers team that just, I mean, Brock Purdy has been outperforming his entire career, but has been doing just such a good job with them. So I think that'll be a very interesting game to watch. Um, And then my, my sneaky, really good game pick Broncos on the road against the Texans. Um, Mm if people haven't been paying attention to those teams because they don't really have a reason to, um, and that would be totally fair. Uh, the Broncos, you know, remember how they started the season letting up 70 points to the dolphins to open up. Oh, and three, uh, they're currently running a five game win streak with wins against the chiefs bills, obviously the, the Vikings in a different circumstance, but also, uh, the Packers and the Browns. Like this is a five game winning streak. That is a real winning streak. They are beating, good teams and they're doing it with kind of complimentary football russell wilson playing really well he's playing like he's that top five quarterback that they were hoping to acquire they have a very exciting offense uh as it relates to just a variety of players that are able to produce in different ways uh their defense is also you know putting together stronger outings they're not letting up 70 points anymore so like they obviously have a long ways to go but uh across their their winning streak they've only uh they've not allowed more than uh 22 points during that stretch so like they're doing their job on that one and then you look on the other side with the texans uh cj stroud front runner for offensive rookie of the year he's been just a revelation for this texas offense so super texans offense super happy for nick casario to like find that young quarterback because like he's got it like i i think if you just remember watching uh you know joe burrow and trevor lawrence at like the beginning stages of their careers like before like now it's like oh okay like trevor lawrence definite top 10 quarterback kind of a player, Joe Burrow when healthy, obvious top five Stroud is showing that flash. Like he is going to be a difference maker for this Texans team. And uh, you know, they have young players that are really doing it. Nico Collins, tank Dell. Uh, they're both, uh, I think tank Dell is a rookie out, say out of Houston or something like that, but they're catching big plays, both of them averaging over 15 yards per catch. Like they are producing in exciting fashion. They're not winning every single game. They're coming off of a loss to that Jaguars team, um, but they're exciting. I think that has the the chance, the the Broncos Texans to be one that people will be like, oh, I'll watch the highlights from that one. Tell you, Rich, a sneaky, interesting game coming up week 13, given recent news is uh, the Jets hosting the Falcons this Sunday. 
Jets have four wins. Falcons have five wins. Both are in the playoff hunt. And Aaron Rodgers is back throwing. The Jets have opened up his 21-day window to come back. I personally don't see any reason a 40-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles tear for the Jets would come in this season and play. But maybe (laughs) the Jets get hot and they're playing toward the very end of the season. And that last week, Patriots-Jets has some kind of playoff implications. He comes back. You see any chance Aaron Rodgers makes an appearance in 2023? He's kind of weird like that. He's a nut job. I mean, maybe. It'd be one it has to be one of those circumstances where, you know, give him a couple weeks if the Jets eke out a couple of victories here, because like as you said, like that Falcons game could be winnable. Like that like they uh could theoretically win that game. Um they have uh games against the Texans, then one against the Dolphins after that. Will he come back for that Dolphins game? I don't know. But if the pay if if the Jets pull out two of those three victories, if they're able to sitting at like six and eight, and then they have the Commanders, Browns, and Patriots to close out the year, those are three very winnable games for an Aaron yeah. Rodgers led Jets team. Even if he's at eighty percent, is it worth it for him to kind of lead a nine and eight team to get a wild card spot? Maybe. I, like honestly, like, I could see it, but a, a kind of dominoes have to go in their way, and there has to be a path to the playoffs. If there's not one of those, then I don't see him forcing his way back. Speaking of wild card hopefuls, Rich Hill, the Los Angeles Chargers are coming Oof. for the New England Patriots this Sunday, 1 p.m. game. Uh, this is one of those games earlier in the season I figured to be a, a hard fought game, but the Patriots would win. Because the Patriots seem to always beat the Chargers. One of those teams the Patriots always beat up on historically. Even in yep. 2020, that random Cam Newton year, it was like 45 to nothing, I believe. Just an absolute beat down. Obviously, different algebra coming into this one. Uh, let's just rip the bandit off. Do third and goal with the Patriots offense or what resembles the Patriots offense against the Chargers <laughs> defense. Uh, the only really piece of analysis I have here, Rich Hill, is just you have to just run the ball a lot and keep throwing those wide receiver screens, hoping that somebody makes some separation and does something. Although a pop dog was likely out in concussion protocol. I don't know who your most elusive receiver is now. Maybe this is a Keyshawn Boutte game, but I, I don't really, and, and maybe they, they, they pass the ball beyond 10 yards, which I don't think they did at no all way. against Not the giants. So maybe a lot more runs, a lot more wide receiver screens and just try and limit the disaster to maybe like, Two picks instead of three. Is that your offensive strategy? How are you approaching this game if you're the if you're the Patriots? Okay, this is going to sound a little flippant. I don't fully mean it to be flippant. Should the Patriots have a plan at all? <laughs> right, like it's one of those things where uh, has any plan that they've had worked? I don't think so. Honestly, like it, they this team seems like they are worse off when they're trying to play within the structure because. Teams are sitting on everything. There's no player getting open. The offensive line, yeah, as you said, running the ball, totally fine. But all of these designed plays are being either extremely well covered or in the chances that they're not, players aren't capitalizing on their opportunities. They're not doing anything. So like this goes back to the Malik thing. Let's play some backyard football here. Like let's let's get a little weird. Let's break the Bill O'Brien playbook because even Bill O'Brien in his press conference this week said that, you know, not a lot has been going well for the Patriots offense this year. And it starts with him. It's on him to be calling plays that are putting these players in position to succeed. Obviously the players need to execute on it, but when every single player other than at this point in time, maybe the offensive line and the running backs uh, 
is not able to execute and succeed, that's a failure of the system, not of the players. When you see players go to other teams and thrive, like we're seeing with Jacoby Myers, like we've seen with Jonu Smith, when we see that happen, that is a massive indictment on the Patriots' offensive coaching decisions. And so to that point, I don't think that they should really try to attack the Chargers in a way that you might expect. You know, this is a uh, Chargers team that has talent up and down the roster. You know, I I think that, uh, you know, it's an Asante Samuel revenge game uh, with his son out there. JC Jackson revenge game for the Patriots, but like kind of the inverse. I feel like it's one of those circumstances where uh, the the Chargers are going to show up extra uh, to kind of capitalize on JC Jackson uh, not performing for them. Um, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the entire league. Uh, this is like a talented secondary. You're not going to get anything through the air, even if you're a good offense, uh, never mind for the Patriots. And so I, I know that overall, the Texas or the, the Chargers have done pretty well against the pass in general. Patriots aren't going to do it. Patriots are not going to be able to throw for like the 400 yards that the Dolphins and the Chiefs have been able to do at various points this year. You look at the bad passing attacks, like the uh, Jets had 206 passing yards. Uh, The Titans had 200. The Bears had 222. I'm taking the under on that. Patriots are going to struggle to go for 200 uh, through the air. The way to win it and the way that you can kind of get by them Look at what the Lions did in week 10. Look at what the Ravens did in week 12. Uh, Lions got 200 on the ground. Uh, Ravens got 197. It's going to be a big Ramondre day. It's going to be a big Ezekiel Elliott day. That's going to be my X factors. The Patriots rushing attack is can they do enough to overcome whatever negative performance the Patriots passing attack is going to put together? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you'd do anything but defend against the run if you're going against this Patriots team. I, I, there's totally. not a receiver. I wouldn't be totally confident covering one-on-one. Um, I'm going to do something I said I wouldn't do again, Rich Hill, but I'm going with Tyquan Thornton as my X Factor. They've been talking Tyquan Thornton up all week. They've been defending him all oh week. They've been talking my. about how good he is. They've been saying, you know, the routes he's running, are, are they're not on him. For some reason, there's a lot of kind of pro-Thornton talk in the locker room and in the media this week. And oh. with Jamario Douglas likely out, someone's got to take those little screen routes That's and do true. something. So it might as well be Thornton. I was going maybe Boutte as my X factor because he's probably going to get some some starting time in with, with Douglas out. But uh, maybe just given the the hype that Thornton's gotten this week, they're going to do one of those. We're going to prove you wrong, and he's going to get a deep pass and, and connect and do something. I know I said I would stop with the Taekwon Thornton X factor, but I'm giving myself one more for the road. Well, okay. So, I mean, my uh, my correction to that point of like, okay, if Demario Douglas is unable to go, I like the idea of some receiver is going to have to step up in some way. Um, Douglas has stepped up since Bourne was hurt. Those players that have been producing for the Patriots are the slot receivers. We're not talking about Tyquan Thornton, who was the backup for Devontae Parker on the outside. We're not looking for those players to succeed. We're looking for the slot players. So this is going to be even worse. My guy, this is a Juju Smith-Schuster game. This is the game where can Juju Smith-Schuster be the X factor? Can he, Alec, I'm going to kind of flip it back on you from an over-under perspective. Can our friend Juju Smith-Schuster, can he rack up more than 30 yards this game? 30 yards, 30, um, 
can can that count like a a screen that he goes that he breaks? Yeah, not, any yeah. any any by any means, can he get thirty yards? <sighs> Who's throwing the ball? <laughs> like I'm at legit. Like I, I like I. If if the game plan in any way replicates what we saw against the Giants, there's not going to be any passes beyond ten yards. No. Which means he's going to have to catch like six grabs for 30. I don't see him making six catches. So, so unless he like takes a screen and breaks one, uh, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to go the under on 30 yards. I, I, I don't think a single Patriot receiver eclipses 50 yards. I think on the day, save for maybe like a screen pass that goes or like a chunk play. Um, I, I just don't see anybody kind of accumulating yards through consecutive positive plays going forward. Uh, I feel like, that's kind of out of the Patriots' wheelhouse. Consecutive good plays is not something we really see. Uh, will they get in the end zone, though, Rachel? Will they get in the end zone in this game? I'll, I'll, I'll throw a prop bet back to you. Do we see a Patriots touchdown this Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel confident that there will be a Patriots touchdown. Will it matter? That's an entirely <laughs> different question. And uh, I don't think it will. I mean, yeah. it's... I, I I don't know. I feel like I flipped a switch heading into last week's game or like in the midst of last week's games against the Giants where it's like ugly can be fun. Ug- ugly can be like, a, how, how are they going to mess up this drive? Who's going to fumble here? Will how bad will the pick be? Who's going to just make this the most ghastly mistake and end it? And you can watch this game as a bit of a sicko. Um I, and uh, there's enough players that like, you know, someone's going to do something. It's it's weird. It's very hard to not score at least once in this NFL. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots get, you know, one touchdown. Will it be enough to overcome what the Chargers might be capable of on offense? I don't think so. Um, but one player that I would love to see, absolutely love to see a little bit more of uh, would be um, Pharaoh Brown. I don't know. Like, like, I I know that uh, the Patriots just like haven't been targeting him. Uh, He's gone three games in a row without a target. The Patriots offense look at least a little bit better when they were involving him. They look better in general when they include their tight ends. For whatever reason, none of them are really doing anything. Like Hunter Henry is, you know, the definition of uh you know middling slash workman's like for this patriots he's had a uh, almost 300 yards on the year but uh he's not really doing that much out there like why aren't they targeting the tight ends like that I, I think that there's just like some basic things that the patriots can do that i would just like be curious will they get more than 50 yards to tight ends i don't know what do you think <laughs> Again, I, I like uh, no, no. I, I don't think they will, Rich. I, I, I guess like one one genuine positive that I'm taking out of the season. I don't think I've had a a less stressful fan experience than I did have in 2023. <laughs> I have not been sweating out any games. Maybe the Dolphins game in the early, the, like the first Dolphins game was kind of like a nail biter. The Eagles game I expected to lose. But this is a really relaxing, stressful game um, or season, I should say. And I just don't expect them to do anything offensively. And when your expectations are, are when your expectations are just non-existent, anything they do is like a nice win for you. Uh, however, Rich Hill, the defense is still good, unfortunately for them. If they're going to win this game, they're going to keep it really, really close, like un, like the zero to zero tie. That's going to be where we're going to be doing this. So let's get the fourth and goal, Rich Hill. Patriots defense versus Chargers offense. Justin Herbert. 
good player. A lot of I feel like the Chargers are one of those teams that should be nasty, but just yep. aren't for whatever reason. They have a lot of talent on this offense. They've never quite been able to put a complete game together. Maybe they're going to underestimate the Patriots. Maybe they're going to play poorly. But how are you attacking this pretty potent Chargers offense on paper, at least, if you're if you're the Belichicks? Yeah, totally. I mean, the thing to know about this uh, Chargers team is that they're both like a little disappointing and also like dealing with injuries across it. So like Keenan Allen, still one of the premier receivers in the league. You double him. That kind of is their passing attack. Uh, Quentin Johnson is their rookie. He's been extremely unproductive for them. Uh, massive case of the yips had some big drops for them. Um, but he's also just like not been putting it together for them this year. So like he's been one of their uh, top receivers uh, when you look at what their expectations are, because, uh, you know, Mike Williams dealing with an injury. Uh, you, you look at their other players. Uh, I believe it was uh, Josh Palmer is another one of their top receivers dealing with an injury. Uh, and, and so this is not a healthy uh, offense for this, this chargers team and outside of Austin Eckler and uh, Josh Kelly coming out of the backfield, you really just have to worry about Keenan Allen. And so in standard Belichick way, you double Keenan uh, out there and you make sure that the Chargers don't get anything going on the ground, knowing full well that Eckler is a big threat as a receiving back, but you make sure that they don't win with the running backs. You're going to get some opportunities out there. Herbert doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but you're going to get some opportunities first uh, for some third downs. So long as you do your job in stopping Keenan Allen. So who are you putting on Keenan Allen? Is this like a JC Jackson with some safety help game? Uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely a circumstance where I'm not sure what the Patriots would like to do, if that makes sense. Um, because uh, Keenan Allen, definitely one of the bigger uh, wide receivers that the Patriots will face from just like a prototypical, you know, six foot two, six foot two and a half, 210 pound player who can like do it all. He can do it all. Um, it's not something that you would necessarily say like a, you know, just from a prototypical standpoint, like Jonathan Jones, you go out there and do that. That doesn't really like map to his ability. Miles Bryant is way too small for that. So like you're kind of left with JC Jackson by the process of elimination. Um, the big concern that I have on that one um, is the fact that JC Jackson was on the chargers and there's just part of me that feels like the chargers are going to come out and just pick on him. Like, like Jackson has been fine for the Patriots. He's definitely not like the all pro caliber uh, cornerback that he was for the Patriots a few years back. And so I would be a little nervous if the Patriots put Jackson on him, because I also don't think that the Patriots have a good free safety who can help provide the necessary coverage over the top. So uh, it's not going to be a great situation. Um, Perhaps just like perhaps Jalen Mills could be that option. Like in my head, I might consider putting Jalen Mills out there just because he has that physicality out there. Maybe you put JC Jackson on Quentin Johnson who, where he can potentially capitalize on some of the turnover attempts that might come his way. Um, But uh, it's definitely not a matchup that I think works well for the Patriots because their secondary is in general, a lot smaller than this chargers uh, receiving core. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because I, I thought it's why I think if they're going to have success. It's going to have to be getting to Herbert early and often. Yeah, I'm actually going with Anthony Jennings as my X factor. I think Love he's it. really come into his own the past couple of weeks. 
got after DeVito a lot in the Giants loss. He's kind of been a good edge guy. I think they finally, as a team, due to the the six sacks last week, they have surpassed Matthew Judon as a leading sack leader. So that that's good. They now have more sacks the team than Judon did. Uh, I think Giants could be a good guy to shrub Herbert. One thing I will say, will say about Herbert is if he gets rattled, uh, he can be continuously rattled. He's not one of those clutch ice water in his veins, shake off the pick and then come back and have a lights out drive the next game. So they can get to him early, knock him off his game a little bit. Maybe he gets careless with the ball, throws one to Kyle Duggar, throws one deep, uh, and, and it gets picked off. So hopefully Jennings can get the pass rush. I like that. I mean, I, I think Jennings has really come into his own this year. He's been, in my mind, one of the better Patriots on defense, like really stepping up with the Judon injury. He's earned every minute that he has on that field. So uh, absolutely love that. Um, I think if I'm the Patriots or like what, who is my X factor going to be? Patriots need to force some turnovers here. Like that's just the, the, the long and short of it. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of forcing turnovers as of late. They just need to be able to force more turnovers than the Chargers are going to be able to get from this Patriots team. And so who are the the Patriots players that are like best able to force those turnovers in my head? Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers is going to be my like <coughs> X factor from uh, can he just – either get his hand on the ball. You know, he leads the team and passes defended. He has that uh, just incredible force fumble. Um, he's the player that I feel like is an X factor in general for the Patriots because they ask him to do a lot. And if he is able to go out there, he's likely going to have to both either cover the tight ends out there and also make sure that, you know, Eckler and Kelly don't make a lot of noise as receivers. There's going to be a lot of expectations for him out there and he's going to be in position to be around the ball. And if he's able to force a turnover, you know, lead the Patriots to get a turnover or two, maybe the Patriots could pull this one off. Like I, I think that the Patriots could do it. This feels like one of the, those weird games that the Patriots would win, uh, you know, just like the Jets and the Bills game. There's just certain games that have that vibe, so maybe. Um, and I, I think that Peppers forcing some turnovers could be the reason for it. Maybe is the name of the game, which is a good transition, Rich, to the predictions we will be making. Let's see. I think we both had the – no, you had the Giants winning last week. Good work. Good man. So you – are the one with the hammer this week. I had the Patriots winning 27 to 10. <laughs> Boy, How do you I feel about stupid. that? <laughs> well, again, like the Patriots, like they're, they're good for, even when they're, they're bad in the past couple of years, they were good for like one blowout win where like the other team just plays like crap and everything kind of just goes right for the Patriots. And I'm a little worried that blowout win still has yet to happen. And we're going to see it at the absolute worst possible time with the number two pick on the line. And that's going to be the blowout win. Uh, but I will get to that maybe this week, maybe later on. Regarding Lana's Rich, you have the hammer. You got the pick. So who do you got? Patriots are hosting the Chargers this Sunday at 1. Who's winning this game? Yeah, uh, going with the Chargers. I'm not going to change it up. Uh, Patriots have one win at home this whole year. Uh, it was against the Bills. They have lost at home to uh, the Commanders. They've lost in just truly dramatic fashion to the Saints. They're not going to beat this Chargers team. Uh, it's going to perhaps not be terrible, but it's not going to be good. Uh, obviously the chargers only put up 10 points against the Ravens last week. A lot of that comes to the, like, how did their drives end? They were going for it, you know, turnovers on downs. They've always had like a few other interceptions and things like that too, uh, and fumbles. Uh, they had about 
four drives, I want to say, and in those like turnover plays that like likely wouldn't happen again. And their final two drives ended on downs. They're not going to put up 10 points again this week against the Patriots. I think that they beat New England. It's going to be pretty comfortable. It's going to be something to the tune of uh, like 24 to 10. 24 to 10 Chargers. Rich Hill, do you know the last time during our prediction season you picked the Patriots to win a game? I'm going back to our list right here. I got when's the last time you picked the pass to win one? Do you know? I'm curious. Uh, did I choose against the Raiders? Uh, the Raiders, you picked the Patriots, but you, you did pick the Patriots against the Raiders. You were wrong. However, uh, you picked the Patriots one more Commanders? time. Nope. You against the, the Commanders, Commanders win that game. You picked the Commanders Dolphins? in that game. Yes. You picked the Patriots to beat the Dolphins. Uh, co- coming off that, in your defense, they were coming off that big Buffalo win. We thought maybe they turned a corner. It was a home game. They thought maybe there was a situation or the, the way game at Miami thought maybe they would kind of get off the schneid after that Bills game. But that was Yikes. your last. That was your last Patriots win. You picked the Commanders, the Colts, the Giants, and now the Chargers to beat the Patriots four weeks in a row. Uh, me, however, I picked the Pats against the Commanders, the Colts, and the Giants. Uh, and I've been wrong all three times. So I'm not going with them anymore. Screw that. I am going with the Chargers to win this game as well. Uh, I know you said the Patriots are going to get in the end zone. And I think they will. I think they're going to score two touchdowns. It's going to be a Whoa. really big deal. They're going to get two touchdowns. They're going to score 14 points. But unfortunately, the Chargers are going to score 30 points because I don't. <laughs> uh, I just don't think this defense can hold this much longer. Like they have to be so sick of this, giving totally. up so few points. They're on the field all the time. They have to be tired. They have to be frustrated. And if Bailey Zappi does get the start, I think it's going to be even worse than Mac Jones, to be honest with you, because he's just not the guy. And there's going to be a lot of exhaustion. And the charge, maybe it's close into the third quarter, maybe another turnover, a pick six, and then LA just runs away with it because the defense is too tired. Yeah. No, I mean, we know the script. We've talked about it many times on this podcast, many times via text, that the Patriots will find themselves in a hole early on that will feel insurmountable. Perhaps they'll mount some semblance of a comeback against a very soft prevent defense, maybe in the no huddle prior to the half. That'll be like, oh, are they figuring it out? (laughs) And there will be a costly turnover on offense right at the most inopportune time where then the other team is going to run away with it. And maybe the Patriots get the ball at the end with a chance to score, but it will ultimately mean nothing. And I would not be shocked if that was the script for this game, too. Yeah, it's possible. But again, like this season, maybe this is the blowout. Maybe or maybe they'll find a new creative way to lose this one. Again, maybe we'll complete the bingo card with the way they lose this one. It'll be something really, really fun and interesting. And we'll be on here next week talking about, well, we did not see that loss coming in that particular way. We knew they were going (laughs) to lose, but we didn't see that coming. Maybe like a Miami miracle. Maybe they'll be maybe they'll be they'll be winning and the Chargers will need to do some kind of like last minute. Hail Mary, Fumble Ruski kind of play. I can see him losing on that way too. I'm here for that. I'm here for that too. Again, at this point, we're just, I'm sitting back, I'm enjoying the ride. And uh, again, I want the Patriots to win, but I do understand it's all about the draft pick at this point. And a loss to the Chargers would go a long way towards moving up in that number two spot. Yeah, no, totally. And like, I don't need the Patriots to prove themselves by beating this Chargers team. That doesn't mean anything. Like, they'll get their blowout win against the Steelers. We know it. That is tradition. <laughs> It'll be okay. They'll lose a you know, they'll lose the other games. Maybe they'll pull it off against the Jets. But like 
I, I don't think we should have any belief that they're going to all of a sudden figure it out against this Chargers team with one caveat, Alec. Um, Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, is on the hottest seat in the entire league as it relates to retaining his job. And you see how some of these other coaches, uh, you know, the Raiders beat the Patriots and then they fired Josh McDaniels. The commanders beat the Patriots. And then I think they <laughs> let go of their defensive coordinator. Is that what yeah. happened? Yeah. Um, and then you look at this uh, giant team. It hasn't happened yet, but there were all these things percolating about Dable and Wink Martindale having it. Uh, they're just like over it with each other. These are all also bad teams that have made changes as a result of this game. Will this be a circumstance where the Patriots pull it off and then Staley gets fired immediately after the game? Man, that's like a, a that's like a bizarro New England curse. The Patriots are so bad that like the, the stink of the Patriots just like permeates yeah. to the other side of the sideline. That's where they are. Yeah. And then maybe they beat the Patriots now and then and then the rumors of Belichick to the Chargers in the offseason can start swirling and the madness continues. Uh, I don't like any of this, Rich Hill. I don't. I want to. I want to go. I want to go to bed. I'm tired of this. This stinks. <laughs> well, I have nothing else to cover on unbelievably week 13 of this oh, NFL God. season. And Alec, uh, it's been a long year with this <laughs> Patriots a long... team. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to cover that you haven't talked about over the past 13 weeks of this season. But if not. Uh, can't wait to talk to you. Uh, hopefully, I don't even know what the game is going to be. I kind of want them to lose for the sake of the draft pick. Um, but whatever happens, I'm looking forward to breaking it down with you next week. I'll be here, unfortunately. <laughs> well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, bud. Later, man.